Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. And your smart speakers were presented by Progressive Insurance. You know, guys, it seems to me, first of all, good morning, Key. Good morning, Jay. Good morning, morning there, Max Kellerman. Good morning, Keyshawn Johnson. Why are you yes, using that, that voice, is Key? Correct. What voice is that? Is that your country club voice? No, 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 no. Country club, you can't talk loud. Yeah, by the way, between Key and me, who do you think spent more time in a country club? Key. By a factor of a billion. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely, 165%. I wouldn't know what to, how to act in a country club. I have no idea. I don't think I've yeah. ever been in a country club. You got to, you got to, yeah, it's it's very uh, strict. Got to know everybody first are. name basis. Mm. The the gear, you got to have certain gear on and, you know, you're, you can't have ripped jeans. You yeah. can't, you know, all Hopefully this. Hopefully you're lotioning before you go to the country club, Key. You can't go in there with ashy. It's mm. not the right. Example. Well, I, I'll go in there how I want to. If they say something about my skin, I'm going to have a real problem oh, with them. Jeez. Yeah, see, you see got me. Yeah, it. exactly. I'm talking well, you said about I can't go in ashy. ashy if, they, if they get to talking about I got uh, uh, white lines between my fingers or something because of the ash, I'm going to have a real problem with those people. As you should. Yeah, right? You Max, tell this dude. Like yeah, as you should. Thanks, yo. Meantime, they're going, see, we let them in and look right away. Come on, the country clubs have been the. I'm gonna, the, I'm gonna send, I'm gonna send a picture to you. Yeah. Um, I'm going uh, Mother's Day, so Mother's mm-hmm. Day. I'm gonna send a picture to y'all. <laughs> y'all go laugh because there's a wall that that goes into the the men's lounge pub area, and you know what I'm talking about, Jay. Yeah. So all of the past presidents of the country club. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, you got to see the picture. They got an Obama up there yet, or no? Uh, I no said Obama's presidents in- of the country. I understand. Club. That's what I'm asking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, is, there, no, is there no, no Obamas yet? No Obamas. No gotcha. Johnsons. No nothing. Daddy, even close that's what I'm asking. Yeah. Nobody up here looks like me, Daddy. What's well, so many pictures on the wall? And you know, and you know, I tease them all the time. You know, I mess with the the, the head of the country club, and just you know, I just have fun with them. They understand. They get it. There's a there. There are some of us that are running around the club. There's no question about it. But they're not very many. We can count them. So, guys, it's been country clubs. <laughs> I'm man. just I, laughing because every country club I've been in, that has been the case. Oh, it's I'm like, funny. Smoking thing. a pipe. What? What Ma- year is this picture from? What <laughs> the hell? It goes. It goes in the history <laughs> way back. Hundreds. Like, oh, this was in the 1800s. And all that stuff makes me start reassessing everything. I'm like, should I be paying money to go here and play? Forget about play? the 1800s. If it's before 1964, <laughs> the, the thing that's cool about my club is everybody in my face is really cool. Mm-hmm. Everybody, in, you in hear my, my preference that in, in my, my face. face. <laughs> They're all nice people. So. You know, they're really nice people. A lot of USC people, and mm-hmm. you know, my my club is in in South Orange County, and it's heavy. You know, it's heavy. That's just, it's heavy. <laughs> wait, wait, heavy what? It's what do you heavy. mean it's heavy? Heavy it's, what? Leave it alone. That's I, I gave you the city. I got you. Now you figure the rest out. There you go. Moving on. <laughs> figure it out, guys. It you know, it, uh, Stephen A. and I don't agree on a lot, but I think the Knicks. Like, that's the one thing that could get us to agree on something. And by the way, only recently, Stephen A. apparently has finally come around to the proper way of thinking about this franchise. Listen to him yesterday on this very program on the Knicks and Leon Rose. I've turned into Max Kellerman now. I'm so done with the Knicks, I can't put it into words. I can't put it into words. I can't put it into words, man. And Oh, did you see the news that Leon Rose finally showed up? 
and, and gave it in and and, and, and and gave some quotes, but it was on the MS, it was on the Jim Dolan network. No questions. How pathetic, man. Guys, does it listen? I, I actually do think someone like say Masai Ujiri, if the Knicks were willing to back up the Brinks truck and give him autonomy, could fix the Knicks. But I don't think James Dolan would ever truly give someone like Masai Ujiri a strong basketball guy full autonomy and get the hell out of the way. So does it really matter who the Knicks president is, Key? I don't understand owners. Why owners just don't own and stay out the way? Like, you be the CEO of the team and just stay out the way. Successful sports owners don't meddle. Just collect the checks and cheer from your luxury box. That's it. Don't get to picking players. Don't alienate the fans. Don't lie. Don't even talk. Just be like Stan Kroenke here in the Los Angeles Rams. Just silent Stan. Just, just be just silent. Just admire your picture at the country club. Key, here's, That's it. Here's the biggest issue with Leon Rose. That I think it's you have to understand how to play this game in this city. This is the third time Leon Rose has ever addressed the media in general since he's been president of the New York Knicks. This is the first time he's ever done it alone, and he did it on MSG Network. He's never addressed the local media, the local beat writers, the reporters, the people that are literally talking about the narratives every single day. That's one of the most disrespectful things you can do as a lead executive. That's the first thing you see every organization do. That's like Pat Riley not talking to people down in Miami. That's like, you know, you have these leaders who are talking about these legitimate questions about you decide to give Julius Randle an extension, four years, $100-plus million. Where is that going? What's your direction? Mitchell Robinson, is he an unrestricted free agent? What does that mean? What's going on with R.J. Barrett? And I understand that you want to keep things close to the chest to a degree, but at least give blue-collar individuals who work and grind every single Guys, day the opportunity to ask you those type of questions. I've done radio in New York, very successful show, the Max Kellerman me, Show, yeah, exactly. on ESPN on, on 1050 back then. Now it's 98.7. Back then it was 1050 a.m. exclusively and dealt with the Knicks. I did a very successful show on 7.10 a.m. on ESPN in L.A., dealt with the Lakers. We were the Knicks channel. We were the Lakers channel. Dealing with the Knicks, you are dealing with a toxic, dysfunctional uh, envi- uh, uh, situation, highly unpleasant to deal with, and not only that, counterproductive. You're like, wait a minute, they're shooting themselves in the foot again, again, again. I couldn't even get a Knicks guest on the air, and we were right there at Tupan Plaza, right? And we were like, like they were right there. They are at practice. They wouldn't even send – I'd take anyone, and I was the only one on the radio saying anything good about the Knicks. Couldn't get a guest on, right? Lakers, pleasure to deal with. Pleasure to deal with. I mean, I'm talking about they were a – even in the midst of the chaos, right, in the, when they were transferring the team from the father to the kids, a pleasure to deal with the Lakers. And you know what you talk about owner's key? Why don't they just stay in their luxury boxes? I'll tell this story again. Dr. Jerry Buss came around that dysfunctional Lakers team with Dwight Howard and, and Steve Nash and Powell and Kobe and everything. And he showed up, so I asked him, uh, Dr. Buss, I saw you show up at, at practice the other day. What, what were you doing there? Because I'm used to George Steinbrenner. Oh, I got to get everyone whipping them into shape, right? Dr. Buss said, I just needed to see if anyone needed anything, if there was anything I could do to make their jobs better. I thought, oh, okay. This is not a guy who's meddling. This is a guy who's trying to help. That is not the Knicks. But it's also an a owner who's won championships and know what it takes. Eddie DeBartolo 
Jr. was that way with the San Francisco 49ers to the point that the National Football League had to implement rules in into their bylaws for owners giving basically extra benefits to their team that other owners couldn't afford to do. Mm. Because he was like taking, you know, he used to take them on a retreat, the whole team on retreats to Vegas. Other owners would complain about them. Be like, yo, we're not trying to spend that money. He's getting the edge in free agency. Mm. Yeah, I, mean, I just don't know. I, I just don't know what Leon Rose is afraid of. Because for you to do a one-on-one with Breen and to sit down for a network that your owner owns, but you don't do one at the end of the regular season for beat riders, like what kind of questions are you afraid to answer? Because well, I is know that Leon Rose or is that is Leon that Do- is that Dolan? It's, it's, it's is that both. Dolan insisting but, that he has the exclusive on his own network? But my thing is like you're deflecting from a lot of questions because now I know the narrative is controlled. We're only talking about what you want to talk about. But is that but is that you really, want to address? Instead but is of taking, that really wrong though? Uh, is that really wrong, Jay? You 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 well, have your wait. own platform, so you could control the narrative. But key, what that does to the local media is it annihilates them. Alienates them. Alienates them. Yes. What, what was that word? That was one Anailates. of those things. Jay Will, Jay, Jay Will made up it's Duke fine. words. Annihilates. Yeah, alienates. It's fine. What you little child? <laughs> Grow up, King. What? Oh, I just had to get you because you try to. What you all say the time. yesterday? You said something yesterday. I, I said, every now and then Fosesis. I have a few. I I keep it moving. I don't worry about it. <laughs> See why you I speak all my own language. Why are you getting all tight lipped and defensive? You. You can't not make quite, fun not of me. defensive at all. all right, not tight moving. Lips very. Never mind. <laughs> See, stop. Keyshawn J. Will and Max is presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive uh, makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi policy <laughs> discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat. Motorcycle? Eight, uh, motorcycle. Let me there say that again. Go. I have my own. RV, boat, ATV, <laughs> and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at progressive.com. And look who is joining us now. If Legs. it's not Tim Legler, ladies and gentlemen. I woke up this morning. I just walked over there to get up. I talked about the Lakers. I come in here. We're talking about the Knicks. How about we talk about some good basketball teams? Uh, okay? Because we got play-in games tonight and the playoffs starting this weekend. Can we do that? Is that okay? Thank you, Lord. We can, but first I must ask you, Tim. Okay. <laughs> I knew that. Before we get there. I, I, listen, I remember where I work. I understand. Yeah. I, I mean, Marlon, see, a market through. of 20 million in New York, 10 million in L.A. LeBron question. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. No, well, it's a tangentially a LeBron question. Lakers head coaching job, it's vacant now. Is it a good job to take? Is it a good NBA head coaching job? Uh, it's a good head coaching job from this standpoint. It's you know, a great place to live. You're going to make a lot of money. And you still do have a chance to win, even though I don't think LeBron James is going to win another championship in Los Angeles. But at least you, know, you should have a chance, if they stay healthy, to have, you know, be relevant and be in the mix to win a title. So from that standpoint, yeah. Sounds great. But it's a very short shelf life because of the brand on the front and the name on the back. It, it puts you in a very difficult position immediately. There's no other job in, in the NBA where the expectations are immediate. From the day you get the job, nothing short winning a championship is good enough. Mm-hmm. Tim, yes, I've been sitting here all morning on listening to Heckle and Jekyll on the other side next to you. <laughs> Tell me. That LeBron James no, should be the head coach no, do of that. the Lakers. Should he be wait a minute, the head wait a coach? Minute. Is that what you guys were saying? No. Yeah, no, Jay. Right. You know Jay. <laughs> Why that, that could that work? The one that proposes. I mean, Jay. Jay no, you? a caller called in and said, "I have a head coach, LeBron James," and I no. want to enter. And yeah, a caller did, and I want to entertain that because of this, Tim. At least I don't think he would do it, and if I were him, I wouldn't do it. But if he did it, 
he would at least have to be accountable for the decisions he makes, right? Yeah. He couldn't pretend he wasn't. No, I hear you, but as it is, as it is, people kind of know that's what goes on. I mean, a guy like that puts his imprint all over every single thing they do, and from personnel to scheme to adjustments within the game to rotations. He, so he's kind of coaching now. Well, we've been saying that since he was back in. So Cleveland. what's wrong with you giving him the job? Officially? Well, I just, I just think that that that. Now you're, you're just making it almost absurd. You're making it comical. <laughs> I think where, the lane he's in right now, he understands that's how people view him. But at the end of the day, there's somebody else that could be the Bill fall Russell guy did where it. things get off the rails. Bill, I remember when I was a kid, and this is already a long time ago, <laughs> Pete Rose was the player manager, hit himself 30. He's hitting like 230 at the time, hit himself third in the lineup. Like, you know, there's a difference there, though. If you're in baseball, right, you can just go hit, you know, then you can go sit down, yeah, yeah, yeah. eight other guys do their job. You can sit there, watch the game, make adjustments, right? But when you're, when you're on the court as an NBA player, look, he's got his hand all over everything, but someone else will take the fall, and that's okay. We know how it works. I mean, this isn't Bill Russell or Dave Cowens. LeBron James will let right. somebody See? else come in. You're the fall guy. Be, yeah, exactly, and that's the way it works with the Lakers. That's the way it works in the NBA in general, but specifically if you coach LeBron James and with the Lakers. All right, it's time for the Progressive NBA Snapshot. We're here with Tim Legler, ESPN NBA analyst on Keyshawn J. Will and Max. Legs, let's get on to some basketball. Let's go. Tonight. Let's go. Good stuff. Good stuff. Next Cavs tonight. Yes. What do you see? All right, so here's what it comes down to. I need to know if the Nets have even another marginally better gear defensively. Like, you know, the lights are on now. This matters. They want to get the seven. They could lose this game, couldn't they? They could lose it, and they still have another chance to get the eight. And I don't know that it really matters, to be honest with you, whether they play Milwaukee, Miami, you know, whoever at the top. I don't, you don't want it to come down to one game. Or Philly. Boston or Philly. I don't know that it – yeah, that's true. That's true because if you get into a one-game scenario, now you will get that game at home, but you're right. Foul trouble, an injury, a bad call, guy has an off night, and you're going home. So, I know I agree. Look, they don't – they're not going to throw the game. But I'm just saying – I expect them to win, and I want to see, can you up it just a notch? You only have to be 10 15% better defensively because your offense is so good. Can you get a little bit more physical, pressure the ball a little bit, pay attention to taking away player movement, defending the three-point line, and then let your two flamethrowers do their thing on the other end? But, you know, I just don't want to see them trading baskets. I think it's going to set a bad tone going into eventually what will be a best of seven with one of those teams at the top. Tim Legger, ESPN NBA analyst, former NBA player, joining us this morning on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. What what issues could you see the Cavs presenting to the Nets tonight? Well, unfortunately for them, you know, you don't have Jared Allen because the size could be a difference maker. Like they play this unique lineup of three seven footers all year. Nobody does that in the NBA anymore with marketing basically playing the three. And you're playing three, uh, three bigs with Mobley and Allen. So that's, that's a problem for them. But here's what it comes down to. If the Cavs, if Darius Garland is the guy we're talking about tomorrow, the Cavs have a great chance to win this game. You know, basically, that means he's got to play, outplay Kyrie. He did it in a head-to-head matchup earlier this he's year. very good. And he's super talented. So that means you, know, you have to get 28 to 35 and also double-digit assists, which is going to lead to three-point shooting. It's a tall order for Cleveland against this Nets team with those two guys, Key, but... But not defensively. No. Like, defensively, the Nets aren't that good, as you said. And the Cavs are pretty good defensively, but it's going to come down to the stage, the moment, and how do the Cavs handle that and process it and don't get hit with haymakers early in the game. The, the last thing you can afford if you're the Cavaliers is for Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving to get into rhythm early. 
you you got to make them work for it and make their night a little bit less efficient, and then you've at least got a puncher's chance. And if you lose, hey, you move on, and you still got another chance to secure a spot. Legs, a lot of rumors speculating that Doc Rivers' name has been floating around for the Lakers' uh, head coaching vacancy opportunity there. Um, and they're not making a decision. They're going to wait, which kind of gives you insight. Are they waiting for the playoffs to be done? Nick Nurse, Doc Rivers. Is this the year for James Harden and Joel Embiid? Man, uh, it, it, it has to be, or Jay, there's going to be some serious accountability on the part of Daryl Morey and Doc Rivers. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody's got any group has more pressure on them than that group in Philly. And it's not just the two players, because clearly they do. Because Joel Embiid, he's been phenomenal this year, and I feel like no matter how many games he plays in the postseason, I feel confident I can book it right now. 30 and 13. Just put it down on paper. Mm -hmm. He's not going to have those moments he had against Toronto a few years ago when he didn't play well in that series and he was sick. He didn't play well against Boston in a bubble. They got eliminated. I think that's behind Joel Embiid. I've seen enough this year. His mentality and his his talent – are going to be there. James Harden, he, he's squarely under the microscope. And then Doc Rivers, with some of the issues he had with the Clippers, and then Daryl Morey waited two-thirds of a year to make this trade. And he said, this is the guy that's going to put us over the top. I'm banking on it. Well, here it is. And James Harden coming in could not be playing much worse. Do you know, Jay, in the last six games, he's got two more made field goals than turnovers? James Harden? Is it, you're saying wow. that's not good? That's not what you're going for typically when you play the point guard position in the NBA. So nobody's got more pressure than them. And look, I'm, I'm worried about them getting out of the first round legs. Right. I mean, Toronto has be. Scotty Barnes, Pascal Siakam, OG Anunoby. They have size, they have length, and they're also playing on, on the you know against a Toronto team that Matisse Thybulle won't be able to play in Toronto due to the vaccine. That has to be it's a 50-50 type of game, I think. If they lose one of the first two games at home, they are in serious trouble because now let's say it's a 1-1 series and you go up there and you don't have Thybulle who can guard Siakam for stretches. He can guard Van Vliet mm-hmm. if he gets hot. He, he's the kind of guy that you drape on someone and say, take him away, take him out of the game, no help responsibility, go face guard this player. He's as good as there is in the NBA when you give him that kind of responsibility. And now you're going up there without him. So it is, to me, it's absolutely imperative that the Sixers win both games at home. Yeah, Thibault was a guy who, as a rookie, you looked at him and said, he has a chance to be one of the greatest defenders ever. Like, like he was already practically, as, as soon as he hit the NBA, he's like a top three team type defender. You don't have him for half the games? That's huge. I did some talk radio yesterday in Philadelphia, and it's funny because you can tell, you can hear the nervousness in their voices, even though they're trying to portray this front of confidence. Ah, not worried about the Raptors. I'm like, okay. okay. You should be. I, I think that is a coin flip series. I'm not going to be surprised either way it goes. And it, to me, it's all going to come down to if James Harden does not play better than he has been playing for the last two weeks, they are going home. Bananas, man. Such how, much, a- how much legs? How much pressure is on James Harden? You know, he, he will deflect it all, but I think there's it's, – it's, if you couldn't even make up a multiple-choice question of name the five players in the, in the NBA that have the most pressure going into the postseason. Dylon, Dylon, Dylon. Yeah, exactly. It's Harden. It's James Harden, period. It's him because of his past playoff failures key and because of what Philadelphia is expecting. And they haven't won it in almost 40 years. You've got a guy having an MVP year in his prime. You went – all in, chips on the table. You held out two-thirds of a year to get this guy and let Embiid play without another star. This is the guy you targeted? He absolutely has to come through. And right now, he just does not look like the same guy that he was in Houston. Fascinating matchup from, from franchise philosophies. Masai Ujiri, whether he has a superstar or not, 
like Popovich, competes hard every game, every year. That's Toronto. Daryl Morey, another great executive, looks to grab difference makers. And here we have the Daryl Morey philosophy on the one hand, the Masai Ujiri philosophy on the other. It's a 50-50 series, super interesting. Legs, thanks as always. The progressive NBA snapshot brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive Commercial Insurance protects small businesses with affordable coverage options. Quote today at ProgressiveCommercial.com. That was Tim Legler giving the straight talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. How did Major League Baseball come up with the idea for every player to wear 42 on Jackie Robinson Day? Ken Griffey Jr., one of the greatest players of all time, tells us next on ESPN Radio and ESPN2. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. The pitch. And a high drive. Hit back into deep right field. Junior has just knocked the door down to the 500 club. A high drive into the lower deck and right. Number 30 touches them all. And boy, what a Father's Day gift for Senior. Keyshawn, J. Willemax, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80, and your smart speakers were presented by Progressive Insurance. Guys, you, you just heard sound of Ken Griffey's what was that? Was that his 500th home run? Yep. Evan, his 500th career home run. I mean, he wound up with over 600 home runs, guys. On fa- 500th home run on Father's Day. Yeah, big right. League, yeah. Big league yeah. dad. They played together. Incredible. Yeah, yeah. He and Ken Griffey Sr. It's hard to have an all-star father and outstrip him. You know, like Bo- Barry Bonds did it with Bobby. Bobby Bonds, fantastic player. Ken Griffey Jr., fantastic player. Big red machine. Peyton Manning. Uh, for sure. Ken Griffey, though, guys, I remember him coming up in, I remember him coming up in, like, I want to say it was the late 80s. I want to say it was, like, 89 he was a rookie. I'm not looking. I'm just, like, from memory. 
And it was so obvious. He was like 19 years old. He was just a beautiful player to watch, and I got to see his whole career, you know? Like, you see a guy from, from the cradle in the ballpark, the whole thing. He, Jay, he was a throwback. The way people would talk about Joe DiMaggio and Willie Mays and Mickey Met, he's one of those guys. Like, I, I was, I, it felt like a privilege to watch his whole career. No question. I mean, that, that, that left-hand stance to stare down after the swing of the bat. I mean, he brought swag. <laughs> to Major League Baseball like no other. I mean, that's just – it's been a pleasure having an opportunity to, to know him over the years and his family. But in terms of baseball, by far one of my all-time favorites. Yo, I'll tell you this. like You guys know that I'm not the biggest baseball fan, right? Uh, growing up, it was just naturally to me for the courts or I was playing football, getting tackled, recognizing quickly I didn't want to play football anymore as a young kid. Uh, but my cousin David Tyree. But the one thing I did have, though – I had the Nike Air Griffin Max 1s. Like, I've I, I never remembered an NBA, uh, MLB player, maybe with the exception of Derek Jeter, just because it was in the area. But I still I was a little bit older. But as a kid, being like, yo, that's – I got his sneakers, like his signature shoe. Like, I saw kids in the streets wearing his signature shoe. Be- yeah. Beyond, beyond all that stuff, like, you know how every – you can point to players in any game who have a classical style. It's just beautiful. There are no um, frills around the edges, right? Everything's smooth. Like, you can bring up... His uniform was smooth. Everything. The way he wore it. The way he played the outfield, the way he ran the bases, it was like there were... First of all, the center field was the glamour position once upon a time, but... In years, no one had hit like a like an old time great center fielder the way Ken Griffey Jr. did, and the, just the way he played the game, it was a privilege to watch the whole thing. That's the feeling I got watching him. So Ken Griffey Jr. now joins us here on Keyshawn J. Will and Max. We were just at least trying to wax poetic about your your career. Thanks for joining us this morning. Hey, how are you guys? Good man. Before we get going, how, how's my guy? How's my guy Trey doing, man? Trey's good. Actually, Trey is upstairs. Well, he went to work out, so but he is uh, home for a couple days. You know, mom asked him to come home, and you know, you know how moms are. I want to see my baby, <laughs> so he is home. <laughs> they don't care about me no more. Now, make make sure you tell him I said what's up. I would do that. I will, pers- I will definitely do that as soon as he gets back in the house. We we played sound of, of the your 500th career home run. You hit it on Father's Day. Well, I'm, I'm sure you've answered this question a billion times. Do it a billion and one for us, if you don't mind. Like, what was that like? Your dad was an all-star. You hit it on Father's Day fight. You guys wound up playing in the major leagues together. It's incredible. What, what was? Could you describe that feeling? Um, it, It's really strange. Uh, to say the least. But, you know, um, growing up, my dad never really forced anything sports-wise on us. You know, hey, you're going to do this. He just wanted to see the effort. Um, I hit my first home run on his birthday. I hit 400 on his birthday. I probably hit a few more on his birthday of, you know, April 10th. But, uh, you know, I couldn't believe that one swing could send a whole lot of people happy, send them home happy. And the reason why is when I got that, you know, they've been traveling with me for like 10 days. And, you know, they were like, hey, could you go ahead and do this? And finally, when I did it, he gave me a hug. I did. He said, all right, I'm gone. I'm leaving. I can go back to my life. I was like, wow, thanks, Dad. 
but it, it was a lot of fun to be able to to be with him, be with the family, uh, and actually share a moment. Even though it may have been my moment, it was our moment as a family, and I thought that was it was great. And it's you know one of the things that happened on Father's Day. You know, I'm a father. He's a father. Uh, and you know, to all the the dads out there, uh, to happen on that day it was great. Kenny, Jay, will here, man. Uh, it's good to hear your voice, brother. Always good to see you, man. Um, when you hear LeBron James talk about wanting to play with Bronny that way in the NBA, uh, what kind of feelings do you think that creates? for a guy now that you are a father, what it would be like for you if you had a chance to play with one of your kids? No, see, when he plays with Bronny, I'm going to be sitting there uh, uh, with my dad because that's what that's going to be a treat. Uh, I, I want to be there with my dad to, to celebrate that. Um, it, it's great. I mean, the thing is, there's a lot of factors that people don't put in there that, that you've got to be good for a long period of time and your son has to be good at a young age to be able to get to that position where they could say, Hey, he's going to be here. You know, so there's a whole lot of factors, you know, I got to be healthy. I've got to uh, maintain a, a certain regimen. And my father was able to do that. And then, you know, having the, a, a kid, you know, to be able to get through, and you know, the minor leagues uh, quickly. You know, and, and you know, it, it's it's a beautiful thing. It's going to be great. Uh, you know, there's not going to be a, a, a dry eye because there's going to be some people that you know think about you know being able to play catch with your dad in the backyard, uh, shoot baskets with your back uh, in the backyard. It's going to be a lot of things that, that are going to bring back so many great memories of father and sons that it's going to be good for every sport, not just basketball. Every sport's going to benefit from this. King Giffrey Jr., 13-time All-Star. Get this, Max and Jay, 13-time All-Star. Do you know how hard that is to do? Joining us this morning on Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max Ken, Friday is Jackie Robinson Day in Major League Baseball, and it's the 75th anniversary of Jackie Robinson breaking the color barrier. I wanted to know, how often did it cross your mind that Jackie Robinson had broke the color barrier during your playing days? Um, All the time. You know, it was one of the things growing up where, you know, there were, you know, my dad, my well, my family talked about, you know, Jackie Robinson. Willie Mays, Hank Aaron, you know, uh, uh, Willie Stargell, uh, only because he was, you know, I was born outside of Pittsburgh and he was there and everybody called him Pops. And, and, and so when I saw these guys, other than uh, Jackie, but uh, when I saw these guys, I wasn't in all of them because of the, you know, the stories that my dad has told me. I was just looking at them like they were more like, you know, my, my uncles and grandfathers. <laughs> you know, they come in, you come in and, you know, and I'll, I'll tell you a quick story. I was, I had hit 600 and I was going into San Francisco and, and McCovey was there and I walked past and, uh, 
the clubby's office, the head clubhouse office, and Willie yells at me, hey, you got enough home runs to be in this room? Come back here. <laughs> so I said, huh. I go, Mr. Mays, I'm going to go ahead and get dressed. I'll be right back. So I got dressed real quick, came back in there and sat down. And, you know, the guys were like, you know, there's like 1,800 home runs sitting in that room. Mm. <laughs> and to me, because I'm still doing it, I never really looked at the magnitude that was happening. I was just like, hey, I'm still doing this, blah, blah, blah. But to everybody else, they were like, Wow. That's a whole lot of home runs and RBIs. And it didn't hit me until I got to, you know, the Hall of Fame. And that's when I realized I was like, okay, now I understand now what these guys mean to, to baseball. Ken Griffey Jr., Baseball Hall of Famer, obviously, and just a, a, one of the most beautiful players to watch throughout the course of his career. In 07, and you correct me if I'm wrong, you asked then-commissioner Bud Selig and Rachel Robinson, Jackie's widow, uh, if you could wear number 42. It, what motivated you to do that? I think baseball um, needs to, at that time, needed to celebrate the guys that made a difference in history. Not just on the field, but history. Uh, you know, there's certain awards that are named after certain people because they've done it. Roberto Clemente Award, you know, Jackie Robinson for breaking the color bear. And, and I wanted to celebrate him uh, um, in my own personal way of saying, hey, I want to wear his number on his day. And I called Commissioner Silic and, and he says, uh, I called him at home. He says, hey, Give me a minute, I'm going to call you back. Calls Rachel. Rachel says yes. Calls and says, do you mind if everybody wears? And I go, absolutely not. The more, the better. And, and that's how it started. But I wanted to make sure that, you know, for me, I want to celebrate, you know, certain people that have paved the way for, for me and my family, you know, my dad and everybody else to, to be able to enjoy the sport that I love. And that was baseball. And so um, me doing that, it was for selfish reasons because I wanted to, but it turned into something that is much greater than than I can anticipate, that I anticipated. And, uh, you know, come Friday, it's going to be one another milestone, 75 years, unbelievable. Yeah, I could just tell you, as a, guys, as a lifelong baseball fan, Key, you got something for, for Ken before we get Yeah, ahead? Ken, Capital One recently named the official bank and credit partner of Major League Baseball. Tell us about the work that you're doing there. Well, just, you know, you, you know, as soon as somebody goes, hey, what's in your wallet, you automatically know what, what commercial that is, what bank that is. And, you know, what they're doing for the, the Jackie Robinson Foundation, you know, for every game-winning hit, donating $1,000, uh, up to two hundred fifty thousand uh, is great because what you're doing, what they're doing, is they're aligning to you know a great organization and a great gift. Uh, you know the foundation, Jackie Robinson Foundation, is a great gift that gives back to to kids uh, and then trying to get them to achieve their goals in life. And, and everybody needs help. You know, not one person doesn't need help. You know, what one of my friends say, you're not an island all to yourself. Everybody needs some help. And if we can give back 
um, to these kids. You know, so, you know, I look for, for guys trying to win games late so we can get back a whole lot of money so to help these kids achieve their goals and, and see them on TV and see them in boardrooms and see them making, you know, being great people in the community. So, you know, Capital One is, is, is helping the Jackie Robinson Foundation, allowing them to do their work and also, you know, creating a brand where kids going to know what bank to use. Ken Griffey Jr., ladies and gentlemen, baseball Hall of Famer and one of the greatest players I've ever seen. Thanks, Griff. Appreciate it. All right, Ken. Thank you. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio. Jay, you never really got finished talk, talking about your uh, your kid's first birthday party very memorable from him for him i know turned one he'll never forget so we do the whole stuff uh we got everybody there all the kids are there and got the bouncy house key and you know we decided to go next level and have a local guy who you know clown come over uh you know make balloons things of that sort for the kids so the clowns inside the house in the little outside area having fun and next thing i know i go make myself a cocktail and I come back and I find my daughter and there's no clown. Like, what, where the hell did the clown go? So I start looking around the house key. I'm like looking in a different room. I'm like, what? There's no clown in here. What's going on? And I see two of the kids at the party outside by my pool and the clown's over in the corner on the cell phone smoking a cigarette. Cigarette break, man. The stress is caught up to him. But then the, it's not like, but my house key, it ain't like a massive, like, yard. It's a kind of closed, confined yard. And the, the kids are, like, running around him and stuff because he got the clown shoes on and stuff. And he's yelling at somebody on the phone smoking a cigarette. I'm like, yo, man, like, do you, you know. What type of. I'm like, what, what kind of. What a clown, he, huh? So, you know, Kelly, my wife. What clown you had? What clown? What? Like, where, where? And then he's like, I just got, I'm on this call, right? So I'm like, I'm trying to talk to him. I'm like, hey, man, do you mind? Like, the kids are here. He's like, I'm on this call right now. Can you just give me a second? And obviously it was an intense moment for him. I don't know what he was dealing with while he was smoking a cigarette. But see, it almost turned into a fight. And that's my thing. Like, I, you getting ready to fight a clown? That's a I, real clown move. It almost happened, Key. I felt like I almost kicked. Well, I mean, the clown it, it, listen, out of my if you pay sons. someone to show up at a one-year-old birthday party, he was only there for forty-five <laughs> minutes. It's not like he was there for five hours. And they're hours. smoking a cigarette on the side, not doing the work, and you just come up to him like, "Hey, listen, do you mind?" And he snaps at you. I could understand why you might say something like, "You know what? I, I'd like you to leave." Something like that. Guy well, first of all, where did you get like the clown bozo. from? Yeah, sounds like a real bozo. <laughs> Where did you get the bozo from? You know, my wife did all that stuff, Key. You know I don't pay no mind to that. I don't, I don't even know where the hell. Where would you even look to find a clown? 
I guess a one-year-old, the clown a figures. Party shop, probably. The dude figures like these one-year-olds don't even. They don't even know. You know, they can't even see this high. You know, but like it was I, my my daughter's three and a half, so it was all her friends. Oh, too, oh it's your three and a half. Like a, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. sound like a clown. You sure you wasn't missing anything out your house? <laughs> so he stole all my. They stuff fit a lot in, in those crib. clown cars, Jay. I've seen like a million of them come out of that one clown car. Thomas Will Smith, the clown. I'll tell you that right now. Definitely mm. didn't take Jay's shoes. Next time, Jay, hire me. I'll come. <laughs> Have you ever <laughs> seen Key in the clown outfit? Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, we are back I'll use in your nose, uh, 10 seconds. Shut from up, right <laughs> now. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Key in Alabama. What up, What's baby? up, sweet Key? Hey, hey, hey. First things first, man. I got to say, man, y'all guys got great chemistry, man. And I mean, there's no disrespect. Respectfully. But y'all kind of like the Three Stooges with Curly, man. Y'all just play off each other marvelously, man. <laughs> I, I love y'all chemistry, man. He dropped a marvelously in there. Yeah, play that beat, Yates. Like when people throw out around a marvelously where you're not expecting it. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. Did you know that Marvelous Marvin Hagler, the undisputed middleweight champ in the 80s, they wouldn't call him Marvelous? And the ring announcer, the, uh, uh, I think it was CBS wouldn't call no, ABC wouldn't call him Marvelous. Why? Because they, I think, I, I want to say it was Alex Wallu. He nicknamed himself, Wall- though, Yeah, right? he did. Yeah. It was Alex Wallu, I think, who was a great broadcaster, one of president of the sports division. But he said, if you wanted me to call you Marvelous, go legally change your name. Hagler went down, legally changed his name to Marvelous, and they had to call him Marvelous Marvin Hagler. Well, he used to beat the hell out of everybody, Jay. <laughs> beat the hell out of the key remembers. Beat the hell yeah, out of everybody. Oh, yeah. Um, Keyshawn J. Willemax, presented by Progressive Insurance. You guys hear what uh, Coach K told Peter King about what impresses him about Bill Belichick? Stop with your Coach K voice, Key. This is, well, how, what did he say? Can you say it? In the, <laughs> he just did a. Uh, okay, wait, Key. I'll give you the. I'll the give you, Key, I'm going to give you the lines. I just want to hear you say it as Coach K. For, he said, I can't get into his head, but watching him, it's incredibly interesting. I can't get into his head, but watching him is incredibly interesting. We have sound from Coach K. This is amazing. I didn't know that. When, when somebody says you've been doing this the same way, it's the same job. No, it's not the same job. No, I'm not going to go anymore. Uh, no, you know, you don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm just drawing my breath. Don't worry about it. Never on our show I'm ever again. Yes, that is I'm adapting. Now. It's exciting. Like, I'm 75. It happened with USA Basketball later in my life. I wanted to use what I learned. That's what I see in Bill Belichick from afar. I really admire him and like him because, really, it's not about him. It's about them, the players. There's nobody, here's the key, who's built a better culture in pro sports than him. Right? So, got us thinking. Who has built cultures today like Bill Belichick in sports, college, pro, doesn't matter? Mike Tomlin. I think when Mike Tomlin's done with the Pittsburgh Steelers, right? Would you guys agree on that one? I mean, just. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a, there's a handful of, more than a handful of programs that's built a certain culture, winning cultures. You know, Jay mentioned Mike Tomlin. Uh, Jay Wright from Villanova, Nick Saban from Alabama. I mean, you you start to think about the winning programs. Uh, you know, Bill Bill Parcells had built winning cultures and programs with the New York Giants and New York Jets. Tried to do it with the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, when you when you think about the way things are done and how coaches pay attention to detail and like their players to follow the rules and do everything the right way. Because if not, guess what? You'll be somewhere, 
wishing and, and, and hoping and praying for another opportunity. CK, I, I think that's where the similarities are for me between Bill Belichick and Coach K. I mean, you have a great relationship with Bill. I obviously have a great relationship with Coach K. It was almost like the there was a <laughs> – why are you laughing? I'm just thinking out loud. That's you had all. something smart to say. You always no, I know no, gonna... man, don't pay me attention. How can I not pay you attention? I have to talk to you and hear you laugh. Anyway, I know, I know what Keith's thinking. I know he's you thinking had too. a great relationship with great, Coach I... K until you made him the coach of the Lakers two hours ago. No, he'll be fine. He's not coaching that no, team No, he was anyway. thinking until he tried to fight him. But go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> That too. <laughs> the um, – like fighting clowns, they, coaches, doesn't matter for Jay. How they kind of not impose fear, but how they kind of – they have this authoritative figure and they create this dynamic where it's – we're going to do it the right way and I have the blueprint constructed and if you don't want to follow this blueprint, then we don't have time for you to be on this train. You know, Jay, it takes a minute to build a culture – Right, you can't just come in, Coach K. I don't know when he started coaching, but whatever year, nineteen sixty something or whatever it was that he started coaching at Duke, he had to create a culture. Bill Belichick had to create a culture with the New England Patriots. He didn't get an opportunity with the Cleveland Browns to do it. They fired him. Then he created this culture, and after a while, you start winning, and people fall in line. I remember Coach uh, Coach Dungy, Tony Dungy, playing for him. He took over a losing program in the, the, the orange Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the creamsicles, is that as Boomer would call it. Is that them. in the 50s? In, in, that the 50s? No. no in, <laughs> in, in that culture was created by Tony Dungy. And it was just – he wasn't a screamer and a yeller. He didn't scare you. He just – it was just something about his aura that made you fall in line. Key, yeah. Coach K started coaching in the 80s, FYI, not the 60s, but that's cool. But well, I, I don't. I, I, I get the point. Time. In other words, whether you do it demonstratively <laughs> or not, in terms of your boisterous or not, the bottom line is they will replace you. You either do the job you yeah. need to do, or they'll find someone who will. Yes. And over time, they demonstrate that. Speaking of coaches, is Tibbs right for the next? Next. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from six to ten Eastern on ESPN Radio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.